Discover how to step into your power and be the champion of your own business dreams and visions with my guest, Jahan Blake, on this episode of the Enough Already podcast. Had enough? Ready to turn your career into your own consulting and coaching business? You're in the right place. I'm Betsy Jordan, and with my background as a consultant, entrepreneur, and personal brand builder, I'm here to give you inspiration and guidance to own your brilliance, shape your brand, articulate your message, and get seen and paid as the expert that you already are. This is Enough Already, the place for consultants and coaches to learn how to create businesses and lives that they love. Welcome to the Enough Already podcast. I'm your host, Betsy Jordan, and we're still in my series on owning your strengths, and we've explored this topic from so many angles. We've reviewed why it's hard to see our strengths, how the expertise we often want to build our business on isn't always the one that we created in a more formal way. And I've inspired you with people like Rory Bell and Renee Bronze and and Jennifer Starnes on how to build a dream business and how to find that courage. And if you've missed any of these episodes, definitely go back to your podcast app and listen in. And we're going to continue this discussion with a powerful conversation. You're going to hear me use the word power several times as it relates to Jahan Blake. So I love being Jahan's first business mentor. So we worked together when she first started her business. And I'll never forget the intro calls that we had where she was talking about establishing the legitimacy of her business. So we talked a lot about legitimacy and having this brand. And we worked through her brand positioning as a consultant to the sports industry who transformed frontline teams into brand ambassadors, which made so much logical sense given her experience doing that same work for the Red Sox, for the Dodgers, and the Cubs, of course, which is my favorite since I'm from Chicago like she is. She did an amazing job on her website copy, her launch, and you know what? She immediately got clients. So you think this is it. She's living the dream. But then when we started working on her proposals, she realized like, hey, this work isn't what I actually want to do. This wasn't her dream business. So what she really wanted to do was focus again on that other expertise that she developed alongside her formal expertise, which was mentoring high achieving women who wanted to break into this very competitive industry. The sports industry is extremely competitive, as you can imagine, since it's sports. So we got to work on pivoting her copy and this business was born and she is crushing it. Oh my gosh, I'm so proud of her. I haven't seen her in a few years. I have seen though that she started this amazing podcast called The Game of Her Own, which I think now has over 200 episodes. Really powerful. So I wanted to get Jahan on the show because I was so curious about what's fueling her success and what's causing her to step outside her comfort zone even more into this thought leadership. And what I discovered from her was so inspiring, I couldn't get it out of my mind. So what she discovered through her own process of really figuring out what her business was all about is she had to learn to step into her own power and not do the safe things that others might have wanted her to do or what may seem to make logical sense. So on the show today, we're going to talk about how she let go of those should twos, ought tos and became the champion of her own dreams. We talk about fear, of course. It's always coming along with any time you do something big like what we're doing, where we're trying to convert a career into a business. But she talks about how she handled that well-meaning feedback and how to deal with those normal fears. So she talks very real about how she handled it and what she did well and what she wishes she could have done a little differently. We definitely dial into the definition of courage and how to cultivate it. But my favorite parts of this whole process of talking to Jahan is that aha moment. It really was transformative for her and her business, but it actually transformed my own business. I changed my whole approach on how I do my brand positioning and mentoring because of Jahan. Because what she pointed out to me that a lot of other clients deal with is that they think they want to start a consulting business, but they really want to start a coaching business. So I had to change up my brand to be focused not just on consultants, but also coaches. And I also had to change up my process to be much more much more exploratory in the beginning around like, what is that ideal business that you want to build? So she's really been transformative for me. Um, and so my process has changed because of that. But I loved hearing how she went through it and how she's moved forward and how she helps other people. So we explore about how she's this athlete mentor person and how her energies fuse together into this unique competitive advantage. And you'll definitely want to hear about her philosophy of stepping into your power. I have not been able to get that idea of stepping into your power versus just owning your power. Such a fascinating conversation. You'll definitely want to listen in. 
So if you're wanting to build this business that is powerful, that feels like you, that you're excited about, that puts the best of you out in the market, definitely I want to talk to you. And if you want your own business, but you're not sure what type of business you want, for sure, let's chat. So head on over to www.betsyjordanwithay.com forward slash schedule and book some time with me. So without further ado, let's get on to the show. Welcome, Jahan. Thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. Okay, so how I had to, well, so I've been wanting to have you on the podcast for a long time because I've seen what you've done with your podcast. But more importantly, I've just loved the journey that that you have been on. So you and I worked together how many years ago from when you left corporate? I think it was five, five, or, five or six years. It had to be five years ago. Yeah, just about five years ago. So you have had an interesting journey going from a consulting business to a coaching business. And now it looks like a little bit of a blend of a business. And I'd love to talk a little bit about your journey now that you're farther along in the process of what you've learned. But um, if you wouldn't mind just kind of quickly just sharing what you do, and then um, I'm going to take you back in time. Ooh, okay. So um, two sides of my business, the side that I love the most is the coaching side. So I work with women who uh, work in sports and I help them level up their career, find their voice, get the career that they've always been dreaming of. Uh, and then on the other side, the consulting side slash contract, um, that's, that's the side of the business that you know, well, pays the bills. Um, I work with organizations to help them align their frontline staff, whether it's ushers, ticket takers, we're talking sports here, ushers, ticket takers, um, you know, brand ambassador, brand ambassadors. I help them align that, you know, message to whatever the marketing team is selling to consumers. Very cool. So this yeah. is, there's so much to unpack here because you and I started on one half of the business and then we were almost launched, or I think you were launched and then we pivoted it and added the second part of the business. But I want to yep. go back in time before we get there. Um, so you tell us about your career and what was it that made you decide like, you know what, I want to do my own thing. I don't want to stay here anymore. Uh, I was, you know, it's funny. I moved from team to team. So I started my career at the Red Sox, went to the Dodgers and then the Cubs, which brought me here to Chicago. And I always thought I would just move from team to team. I was always doing that fan experience work and uh, I didn't like maintaining programs. So I thought, well, I'll just keep moving around. It's fun to move from city to city. And then I got older, you know, like I think I moved to Chicago when I was 32, uh, met my husband here and decided I was kind of tired of moving around. Um, I was tired of not getting paid a ton. You don't get paid a lot in sports. It's a battle, especially in a non-revenue generating department. So that was difficult too. So I finally said, you know what? I'm seeing what consultants make because I see their invoices come through. I, I see what they make. I, I can go do this and make a quarter of what they're making and still make more than I do at an annual salary. Uh, so I finally got that the courage to leave. Um, Almost. I was ready to go from the Cubs. I was going to start my own business. And then someone told me I should get consulting experience on my own. And before I went, you know, working for a company before I went on my own. And that person validated my fears completely. And I respected this person. And um, I listened and I went to Deloitte. And I was like, after like two months, I was like, please get me out of here. <laughs> like, help me. This is not for me. I do not like this much structure. Um, it's great for some people. It's a great place if that's the type of place you want. Uh, so I was there for a year. I said, I can find my own. If I get my own client, um, I can leave. That's what I told myself. And then I found my first contract was working on Super Bowl and Pro Bowl. Uh, and I haven't looked back since. So that's an interesting thought you said about somebody validating your fear, because I don't know if I would want my fear validated. I would want my fear to be assuaged, but not validated. So was that a big part of it is like you had the fear and there was a predictability fear so that they actually didn't make you feel better. They made you feel more fearful that you had to make a less empowered option rather than the option that you wanted to take. Is that accurate or am I reading into it? No, I think what your like your side of it is accurate. At the time, I wasn't thinking that, right? At the time I was thinking, "Ooh, yes, he he is completely right." You know, who am I to go out and start my consulting business without having consulting experience? When at the end of the day, 
I feel like if I had known you then, you would have been like, no, you don't need to do that. Like you were totally, yeah. <laughs> you would have been like, what are you still talking about? Yeah. You would have yeah. totally like been like, absolutely not. I think looking back, if I had just thought about the work that I had done at the Cubs specifically, I had become an internal consultant. The way they ended up restructuring our department and, you know, they did it a couple of times. And by the end, the last two years, I was an internal consultant. So I didn't have any of these big teams reporting to me anymore. I was overseeing the service they were delivering and how it was being um, taught to them instead of me actually doing it and getting in the weeds. So I was already doing the work. I just, you know, imposter syndrome, I guess, just snuck up on me. So it's the validation that you got that felt right at the time is a validation of the fear. But what you really needed was validation of your expertise that you were actually were gathering. And then it seems like there was a secondary expertise that you had developed along the way, which we're going to get to in a second. Um, so let's talk a little bit about your, you said that you gathered the courage. Like, what were some of the best practices around how did you gather the courage? Like, what was it that you said, you know what, Deloitte's not for me. I could definitely do this on my own. How did you gather that courage? It was like, it was just simple. I just, I was like, life's too short. Like, there is literally no point in me staying here. I'm not going to thrive. I'm, I'm really ambitious. And I found myself just, um, just so unhappy in that situation. Like I cried more than I'm in a very emotional person. And I, and I love people who are in tune with their emotions. So there's nothing wrong with crying. However, it also like signifies that something's wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so, you know what I mean? Like in certain situations. So for me, it was like, okay, this is a red flag. You keep crying. You can't have a conversation with your manager. Like she wanted to talk to me about something and I started crying. Like she wanted to talk about my, um, not my behavior. What was it? Just like, I wasn't doing well on her team, you know, and, and it was a fair conversation. Um, she even asked for feedback on her. Like, so it was a fair conversation and it's still emotional. And it was like, when I paused and I was like, oh, it's not her. It's just, I'm not in the right place and I know it. And I'm trying to fix something that's not like, I, it's not fixable. The only way I can fix this is if I leave. So it's just time to go because I don't, I just don't want to be unhappy. Like it's spilling over to my personal life. Like this is, this is not going to work. So I, I just, I got to go. So I think the courage just came from honestly fear of just being in a job that I hated and I wasn't going, I knew I wasn't going to succeed in. You know, it's such an interesting thing about fear because I felt the same way when I left Disney and I started my business is people say, well, where did you, how did you overcome the fear? And I'm like, well, I don't think I overcame the fear. It's just, I feared something else more, mm. you know, and I, mm-hmm. you know, you put it on the scales and say, well, I feared, of course, going into the unknown, the unknown is always scarier. But what I was more afraid of is this unlived life. Like, well, what am I going to do? What is it going to cost me? And every time I've made big changes with my business where I step out outside, you know, my comfort zone, it's always around, I fear something else more. Like, what if I don't do this? You know, what if I don't make this move? Life's too short. You know, for me, my dad had died, which was what got me to move. But that's sort of my experience with other people. So I love the idea of like, it's not about ditching fear or pushing it down. It's just letting this other fear, which is really more reverence kind of fear. It's not bad fear, you know, because it's not like you're terrified. You're just, I don't want to live this unlived life or I don't want to be in a job I hate, which is what you were saying. Yes. A hundred percent. It's, it's, as you were saying that I was like, yes, it's okay. Like we have fear and like, it's just what we do with it. I and like, I get annoyed when people post things about being fearless. And I was like, ah, I don't know. Like, I I feel like you got to feel the fear and then do it anyway. I don't know that that that's fearless. Like you, I don't know, there's something good about fear. Well, that's the definition of courage. So you said the word, you gathered your courage. And that is courage. Ultimately, at the end of the day is, you know what you're supposed to do and you do it. You know, the absence of courage is that you know what you're supposed to do and you don't do it. So that is what courage is. Courage is about heart. The root of the word courage is heart. And so it's like, it's gathering that heart to say, all right, even though I feel this way, I'm going to move forward. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but also what I appreciated about you, I remember from our initial conversations, you're like, I'm not going to do this thing on my own. I'm going to go get specialized help because 
why? Why was it that, because I'm sure a bunch of other people were saying, well, you know, why can't you just go and get your own thing? Why do you need help? Why do you need a mentor? Why do you need, why do you need specialized support? It, you know, it's so individual and so specific to the person. And for me, I knew, like, I've had a coach my entire life, really, right? Like, when you think about it, like, I've been playing soccer since I was three years old. I mean, let's not even take your parents into consideration, but like, just, I've always had some sort of outside coach. And I've always craved it. Like I craved it when I was working in corporate. I was like, I just feel like, gosh, it'd be so much better if I could talk to somebody and like, just, you know, bounce what I'm thinking off of somebody, especially when you think about like, when I made that move to Deloitte, like imagine that conversation I could have had with a really, uh, you know, really good coach. So it's something I've always just loved having. And it's just having someone from the outside look in someone who knows you, but isn't like your bestie, you know, someone who knows you and isn't your, your parents. Um, it's just nice to have that sort of, I don't know, that's the word I'm looking for, but support. Yes. But just having somebody to hold, push you, you know, help you stretch, like meet you where you are, push you, help you stretch and also hold you accountable, um, as well. Yeah, because I think with your family, like it seems like family when you're making a move like this, some people have family who are, who are actually not their cheerleaders. They're more like, seriously, do you really want to do this? Are you kidding? And then you have the other side is like, yeah, you can do it. I'm like, well, there's I can't really action plan myself with a bunch of like rah-rah motivation. <laughs> I need some tactics. Like I need some practical like or please actually see what I'm saying. Can I really do this type of mm-hmm. guidance that you couldn't get from family? Yeah. Or friends or colleagues. Yeah, it, exactly. It, exactly. So that's what I just, I wanted somebody who was just a thought partner and just helped me strategize and like really thought about, you know, my business differently than I did. Cause it's so tough when you go out on your own and you're a solopreneur, even if you have a team, right? A small team, but really you're your brand. So then like, it's just, how are you? When you're not feeling like last week, I did not want anything to do with Instagram or like any, you know, that's one of the places, platforms that I promote my work. And I wasn't in the mood to be on stories. And like, I was just tired. And so sometimes it's just, you have to keep going, but it's, it's, it's hard when you're your own brand. So it's nice to have somebody else just kind of in your corner. Like, okay, let's talk about what's going on. You know, okay, why don't you schedule your post, you know, when you're feeling great schedule for the entire month, if you have that much content in your head, right? Like just when you're feeling great, go for it. And when you're not, then you can sit back and relax and disconnect because your posts are scheduled. Right. Right. So like, that's what I do now. But before I thought I had to post and be in the moment and (laughs) like nobody knows at the end of the day, like scheduling a post and scheduling a post, you know? Well, what I love about what you're saying is really respecting your own gifts and rhythms. You know, if you are somebody who doesn't like to do batching of your content, then don't do batching of your content. You know, if you're somebody who likes to just sort of be in the moment, but it's like tailoring things more to you, which is, I think, a huge secret of marketing success, because marketing can be really fun, you know, if you do marketing in a way that works with your personality. So let's go back to when we were working on your initial branding, because we had almost like we had two separate branding engagements that we worked through Mm -hmm. on yours. So the first time, what was the what were some of the learnings and challenges you had the first time around and figuring out the consulting part of your business? Oh, I was a hot mess. (laughs) So going back to that, like, no, you weren't. (laughs) But like in my my head, I felt that way, right? Nobody who knows Jahan would ever call you a hot mess. Deliberate (laughs) with goals on every meeting. (laughs) That's, you know, it's it's funny. Like someone said to me the other day, and I saw it on a show, um, The Swan Effect, which I don't know why I've never heard of this before, but like, on top, you look poised and ready to go, but underneath you're just like paddling and like, you know, just trying to stay above water. And I, that's how I felt. I didn't have a word for it then, but I, that's just how I felt. And so I knew I had like where I did it, I knew I had the expertise, but I had literally no idea. I was like, well, how this all sounded like a great idea. 
Like, and I got my first client. It was not difficult giving my network, but how, and let me say that I worked really hard for my network. That is very like important to, to say that. Like I worked, I nurtured my network and I've been in sports for 20 years. So now 20 years. So like it made it very easy, like when I wanted to make that move. But then I was like, well, how do I, like, how, how do I sell all this? Like, I remember seeing all, I, you know, at first I was like, oh, I'm just going to look at all the proposals that people gave me and kind of mirror those. That didn't work. Like, I just didn't know what to do. And so that's why I was so grateful um, when BC um, made the introduction to you. Because I was like, oh, yes. Okay. Somebody can like help me just think through how I present myself because it just doesn't work when you say as much as I thought it would when you say like, oh, I've worked for three sports teams. I'm like, you know, I have two World Series reigns. Hire me. Like, that doesn't work. You have to present your credibility in a different way. And so that was, that was super helpful. Yeah. I remember the first thing you said is that you wanted to establish your legitimacy and credibility is, was your main thing. Okay. So what's really interesting in your brand building process. So you have all of these, hey, we work for sports teams and you have all the sports experience, but we wound up at a certain point detouring in one of the initial brand building where you're thinking like, hey, I could help hospitals and I could help anybody who has a frontline team. <sighs> like, what was it that made you go down that path and what brought you back to center to say, no, I really like sports as an industry? So what made me go down that path, honestly, money. Like, I just was like, sports is so, like, they just, you know, they like keep their wallet really close and it's really, like, it's it's difficult to get in. And so, and the process is so slow. Oh, sorry. I didn't realize that it's like that almost everywhere. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, it's the really? same thing. <laughs> but I didn't know. So I didn't know what I didn't know. And so I remember when I went out and I, I interviewed for, not interviewed, but I, you know, had a, a pre-meeting for a hospital. And the way the person was talking to me, um, and I got in the door through my network. And so, but that's all that my network did. And so I remember talking and sitting at the table and the questions he was asking me. And I just was like, oh, I I am realizing now that the way I talk, my stories, the way I sell are all related to sports. And it works in sports and entertainment. And it really works for sports and it works for entertainment and like brand experience, um, companies. I, I don't, I don't, I don't have that same magic when I talk to other industries, um, especially industries that have a lot of like old, older generation. And I'm just going to say it like old white men, right? Like I don't, like one of my, one of my white friends said to me, like, you speak white man really well. And I could not stop laughing but I realized I do it with sports and entertainment really well. It's a whole nother beast in other industries. And I thought this is a waste of time. Like I don't have time to learn how to speak to this group. Like I'm going to be here forever. So I already have this talent that I didn't even know I had. So let's just keep going down this path. And there is something about the lights or the, you know, the field or whatever. Like there's something about sports, that energy. It's like, it means something to me. And I was not ready. I thought I was ready to abandon it for money. And I I was not at all. Well, you know, one of your big archetypal energies is that athlete, you know, that competitor. You said that you're ambitious. You always wanted to, you know, go and get better and do this own thing and have control. Like, so there's a lot of that environment that really matched you. Mm -hmm. And also there was a reason why you picked that industry. I had that same experience Mm -hmm. when I was a consultant. Like I loved the hospitality retail industry. I spent all those years at Disney. I grew up in retail. And for some reason, I'm like, oh, I forgot about that when I started my business. And I just started working with all these other companies. I'm like, I don't resonate. Like if they're going to make me like walk, walk the floor and they're looking at their manufacturing, you know, processes versus like walking the floor with the resorts that I worked with where they were sending me to the resorts. I'm like, "Mm, it's not the same. But so, okay. So that was great. You came back to center and you came back to home and you came back Mm -hmm. to home to who you are. But then we had a second aha and actually your second aha transformed how I do my business uh, because you recognize that not only did you develop this internal consulting expertise, along the way around the fan experience and all of that, you've developed this other one around mentoring women and other people who want to break into the sports industry. What was it that made you 
get to that? Like, how did you get that? I remember like you had a contract and we were working through it and you're like, I don't want to do this work. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want to <laughs> do this anymore. <laughs> I want to do something different. And it's like, oh, okay, let's pivot. But yeah. what, what was it that made you realize that you had this other expertise that you had developed that you didn't even recognize? Uh, I always knew that I had it. So like, I always recognized it. I always said, oh, gosh, I wish I could be like in another life, I would have been like a therapist or another life. I would have been a coach, but you can't make a business out of that. So I just pushed that to the side, ignored it and worked on, you know, getting landing six figure contracts. And I remember sitting in uh, the client's office and this is the client you were helping me with. And I was sitting in their office and I was at the table with the people I wanted to be at the table. My client, you know, is an SV or is an SVP. Um, you know, I'm sitting there with the president and I'm having these conversations and I'm realizing, Oh, I'm just having the same conversations that I used to have with my manager. But now I see like, these are the conversations they were having. Right. Like, and so I was just like, ah, this is like, this is more of a validation for me personally, not a, like, it wasn't, I don't know. I was kind of bored after I was like, why am I looking for validation from these people? Like, I, I don't need this. And so, I mean, I need, I need the money, let's be honest. Right. But like at the end of the day, I was like, I don't need this. And I'd rather figure out how to build a business around helping women because I'm just, I've always done it my entire career. Well, I've always hoped helped men and women, right? My entire career. People who have worked for me, they still call me. And when I left the industry, there was this fear like, oh, are people going to like still respect me? I don't work for a team anymore. And people are still calling me. I'm like, well, I'm just going to, I'm just going to start charging for this. And I remember one of my first clients, she said, like, she used to work for me. And she said, she goes, I always hoped that you would start your own coaching business. I was like, why didn't you tell me this a long time ago? I would have figured something out just with you, if anything. But it was like, that was a validation that I didn't need, but it was nice to hear versus the other one on the consulting side. I was just like, this isn't, this isn't it. I don't want to have these conversations and sit in this boardroom anymore. Like it's not, it's not fulfilling. It's not, it's not going to, it wasn't, I knew it wasn't going to work for me. It's almost like security and what seemed to be smart security wise was almost like putting like a veil over you that you couldn't see. And until you started hating it enough and you decided to let that part go, it just seems like then it's just like the more obvious stuff just started to emerge out of you. I honestly forgot how good you are at like reading, like hearing what people are saying and then saying it back in in a way that's like yes that's what I wanted to say like you articulate everyone's <laughs> word like I forgot how good you are at this Thank you. seriously <laughs> yes exactly what you just said <laughs> and I think that that's really powerful I'm working on a um I'm working on my signature talk and I'm working on moving into more of a thought leadership space that you know I and actually your transformation in our program help me think about and get more on my path. But I'm starting to realize that two things that are my big ahas that have transformed my business is that there's the expertise that we have that's formal that we get paid for, you know, relates to our education. It relates to our, it relates to whatever our formal experiences, our job title, whatever it is, that's our formal expertise. So that we have that one. And then we have this other one along the way, you know, the mentoring that you do, all of that coaching, all that guidance, all the motivational stuff. And it's like, we can't see the other one, but when we leave corporate, that's the one we really want to build our business off of. Because why else? We would just stay in corporate. We would just continue going up the ladder, you know, if we wanted to do that. So we accidentally recreate our career and our business and it's like, wait, I just cre created the career that I was kind of getting sick of. So why did I do that? And then the way to get to this like real business is not, it's just to let go of all those identities, all those expectations, you know, and all of that. And I'm hearing that so clearly is like, you couldn't see it. But once it was gone, because I remember when you joined that copy, copy clarity group, you just jammed on your copy. I mean, you were done in a couple of weeks, like, you know, where we were spending months on copy for your website. You were done in like two weeks. You were launched. You were ready to go. You've been out podcasting. You've been on point. You've been on purpose ever since. And I think that there's something about it. Just, you know, even when I see your your podcast come, come on my LinkedIn profile, it's like, I mean, on my LinkedIn feed, it's like, it just, it's like, 
it's so her in her power. So tell me about like what's happened since then, once you've kind of owned this shift and you've moved forward in how you are, you're approaching your business and your podcast. Yeah. For, for me, it was, it was really, I don't want to say easy, but like, it just made sense. And, you know, when I knew it made sense because I, I didn't like, listen, I'm not for everybody. But I was okay with that. Like I didn't take it personal. Like I didn't. I was okay. Like I loved having. I loved the work I was doing with my clients. I always wanted to show up. I think that is key. And as I'm like talking to you, I'm like remembering. Like during the consulting part of it, I didn't always want to show up. I didn't like. I was dreading meetings. I was dreading putting proposals together. Now, and I was just thinking. I just told myself, "Oh, it's because you haven't done it before. It's hard. It's difficult. Like you just have to work through it." Now I feel that way about, I feel differently about coaching. I feel like, Ooh, I just talked to this client and I just came up with a new idea. Like as we were talking, like we had a call and um, I did a workshop for them. And then I talked to them after and I thought like in the moment when she was telling me something, like I was like, Oh, we should, if you want to continue work, this is what I can do. And I just made it up on the fly and was very transparent about it. And, but it felt right. It didn't feel like I was selling to make money, right? It was, I felt like I was selling to help. Yes. Here's how I can help you guys. If you, if you'd like, like, and I I have no problem. Like I just checked in with her the other day, had no problem doing that. So like, that was a theme throughout all my coaching business. No problem checking in on people. No problem. Like maybe like the third time I was getting annoyed if I don't hear from somebody, but like, do you know what I mean? Like big picture. It just felt really, everything about it felt right. Um, when my confidence would, you know, take a dive, because it just, it, it's just who I am. It naturally happens. Like just some days I'm just like, hey, what am I doing? Am I doing this right? And like, there's all these different factors that impact that. But I, it was easy. It's easier for me to bounce back. It's easier to pull myself out of that hole and remind myself how good I am. And I don't need anyone else to do it. I just, I can do it on my own. If that, if that makes sense. Your makes total sense. And I could just tell energetically when you talk about this side of the business, you know, you're watch back on the video, you'll see your energy level. You'll see your enthusiasm. You see all that. When you talk about the other stuff, you kind of went down. It's like, it pays the bills. (laughs) It's like, it pays the bills. Like, even like you were scooching down, it's like, it pays the bills. Like, you know, the, so yeah. there's, there's your energy level. And I think that that's so important to pay attention to, because I really think ultimately, you know, what you sell people is power, you know, personal power. That's the higher purpose of your business. And it's, you know, even the name of your podcast is a game of her own. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. You know, like, well, that that speaks to me as like female empowerment, like nothing else. It's like a game of her own. It's like it's fun. It's cool. It's edgy. It, mm-hmm. But it's all you. You sell personal power. Or maybe I'm just putting words in your mouth. You tell me what you think you ultimately sell. No, I mean that's I, I think that's an accurate way of like describing it. I I don't know that I would describe it that way. I, just because, right? It's like back to that me being the brand, right? Like I'm always like, oh, I just I help women. Like I support them. I meet them where they are and get them where they need to go. Like that's how I see it. But like the way you're describing, it, I think is also accurate. Like I just love helping women like step into their power and like I know that they have it. Like I can just tell when I'm on a like a call with them and like, oh, I know ex- I know exactly what you want to do. I've been you, I've been in your shoes. And even if I haven't, like I can just see the the ambition, but there's just a few obstacles. Let's work through them. Like, right. Like I don't see my coaching clients, although I've had one coaching client for like four years, but like I don't see them staying with me, some of them forever, right? Right. Like I just, you know. And it depends on what they take from it. Like some just like having that support constantly. And I, and I love that and I'm, I'm here for it. And then others are just like, I'm stuck. I need a path forward and I need to work through some stuff. Right. Or I don't know that they even know that until like we talk and they're like, and I can, you know, say it back to them and they're like, yes. And I'm like, that's, you would be so proud of me. But like, I totally, like, oh totally, my gosh. Like, like, yes. Like I understand what you're saying and like, I, I can help. 
So here's what I love about what's happened here is that you've totally redeemed your story. So this is why you had to go through the struggle of the job that you hated and crying every single day and feeling stuck and choosing all these other things is that you had to go through your own journey of stepping into your own power so that you could help other people step into their power. Like you can kind of see these stair steps kind of like going forward, like you step into their. I love that phrase, step into your power. I don't know how often you use that, but it's like helping, you know, high achieving women who may not necessarily, you know, like they they may not be stepping fully into their power. Like I like the idea of stepping because it doesn't feel like it's a one one time deal. It's not like, okay, I felt disempowered one day and now I'm empowered another day. It's like I'm stepping into my power and then I'm going to take another step into my power and then another step into even more of my power where it's not that kind of expectation like I have to already be there, that it's okay to step in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Well said. I'm just going to take this and play it on like my website or something. Exactly what you just said. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like one of our normal coaching calls where it's like, okay, we videotape it and then... But I, but I love that. I like, I love that, that idea. I don't know if you have a a talk that you're going to be doing, but I love that idea of stepping into power because I think a lot of times people think it's like a binary thing where it's like so much pressure. And I just, I love how you've redeemed your, your own story and you paid forward your own lessons and it makes it worth it. That moment where you were sitting with that client, you're like, I don't want to do this. So can I ask you, can I ask you a question to just challenge you just a little bit? Yeah. Okay. So. What makes you feel that you're, because you're so on point, you're you're doing so many great things. Why is it that you have to still carry on the other part of the business because it pays the bills? Like, why is it that you can't go all in on, on the coaching? Or is there a part of it that you still like the, you like the other work still? I guess it's, it feels different now. Maybe some doing the coaching and it's, it's just not the, the consulting slash contract work. Right. So like, I just did, it's really funny. I just did Super Bowl, and it was, I remember sitting with my client afterwards and I was like, this was the best year ever. Like we always improve every year, but this year was different. Like I was, I felt, and, and she's somebody I've known for 20 years, so we can have this conversation, right? I wouldn't have this with all my clients. I was like, I felt happy every single day, even when we were stressed and like got thrown, you know, a thousand curveballs. I was just like, ah, we got this. Like, it just feels different now. And I think it's because it's not the only thing that I have to do. And like, I kind of realize my place when I help, you know, you know, that like the Super Bowl for Super Bowl, like I felt like, oh yeah, I really understand where I fit in here. I'm not trying to become like, I don't know before, and I don't know if I'm going to articulate this correctly, but like before I just felt like, I needed to excel and like be at the top and like, you know what I mean? Like do everything and like had to be perfect. And then my career was going to take off. But like, now I feel like, no, I got what I want to do. It's the coaching. And at some point it will just be the coaching. But for now, I still like keeping my hands in some of the, honestly, and I know you're not going to like this, but I really honestly like the contract work. Like the, I'm not worrying about the proposals. I'm not worrying about any of that stuff. I'm coming in with my very, my expertise on a project and I'm getting it done for you. And that is really, that's worked well. And then I still, and then I have my coaching side of the business, which eventually will become full-time, but like, I want to build it and I want to build it right. And it's not, it's it's a slow build. Yeah. It's it's a slow build. The B to my my biggest transition was going from B to B to B to C, and that was super hard. But mm-hmm. what I, what I'm hearing you say is that now you feel comfortable in your own skin. So well, I'll clarify the one thing about the contract work because I don't want anybody to have misperceptions that I'm just unilaterally against all contract work. I think it's when contract work is done when you aren't in your power, you know, and you're not in your skin, and people are mm-hmm. like, "Oh, I'm super mm-hmm. afraid of marketing." So I'm going to just go do this work, you know, and because I I won't put my brand out there. I won't put my name out there, you know, Uh, you, Mm -hmm. you know, because they're hiding, Mm -hmm. you know, they're, you know, versus I'm making a strategic choice to say, well, for the Super Bowl on the way the Super Bowl operates, you couldn't necessarily, you'd have to do it as a contract worker because of how the, how that whole engagement even works. Mm -hmm. So I'm not just against, I'm like, I'm against people on 
choosing a career where they play small when you have high achieving people, you know, like the people that I work with are people like you who've hit a certain level and they hadn't been hourly workers, you know, since they were back in their low 20s. Like, why are you going and being an hourly worker? You know, but you have put yourself out there. And when you make a choice to contract or subcontract, it's out of power, not out of fear. Yes, a hundred percent. Like, I don't think I would have been happy had I just did that from the start. Like, there's absolutely no way there would have been something inside of me that said, well, you're bigger than this. So what are you going to do? Right. And so for me, that was that was the coaching side of it. And then when I came back to contract work, even I loved it even more. I was like, oh, this is like, this is fun. I'm coming in, helping you. This is what I'm an expert in. Like, I'm in for three weeks and then I'm out and I'll. And I love that. And I figured out a way for certain like clients to turn it into like a project fee instead of some sort of hourly rate. So like I find it have figured it out, like how to make it work, like contracts slash like a consulting model. Like I don't know how yeah. I've done it, but like I kind of have just like figured that out. And that has also um that has also worked. So that's great because you're just making the principles and you're integrating them for yourself. Yes. Yeah. So when I think about your coaching and what makes you stand out, I know for sure that there's probably not a lot of women out there, women coaches in the career space who are helping women in the sports industry. So that's a uniqueness. There, It sounds like you also have a, a high degree of personalization as a uniqueness about your coaching. Is there anything else that you would want to highlight that's unique about your coaching that other career coaches, other people who are supporting the sports industry don't do? You know what? That's a really, that's a really good question. I think I, I've i been very careful not to play like the comparison game. So sometimes I don't even know what I'm doing that's different from others. Um, I was talking to somebody I was introduced to who works for a team and he asked me like, oh, so how do you, you know, how's your coaching set up? And I started talking about how, you know, there's different levels, but the the best is, you know, um, the one-on-one -on -one coaching and, you know, four or six month package. And during that entire, so you pick the six months during that entire six months, you have unlimited access to me. And that's what I have found that works the best. And I remember him being like, wow, it's a great idea. You know? And I was like, yeah, like email me Trello board or boxer. And he was very, um, he's like, that's so smart because you, you, you know, you're, setting up the strategy and then they, you know, run into a roadblock. And I think actually these are my words, they run into a roadblock and then they can help, like I can help them get over it. Like it's one thing to like have this great call and then go do the work and then see you in a month. Like that doesn't, that doesn't work. Um, and so I didn't realize that that wasn't something like people didn't do that. Like I just, I just, I just, I wasn't thinking about anyone else. I was just trying to think about what my client needed and how I could best serve them. So there's a high degree of personalization. So it's not just yeah. your, so, so the two things that are really unique about your programs is one, you have an expertise in the sports industry for your audience. And there's not a lot of career coaches who are focused on the sports industry. So that's a uniqueness in itself. And the second is that it's a high degree of personalization from the standpoint around you customize the program to that person's goals. And then you also give them the in the moment opportunity to ask the real-time questions, which will, I assume, just accelerates their transformation a lot faster. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes, exactly. Exactly right. So tell me about the uh, Game of Our Own podcast. I love it. It's my baby. Um, so that is almost two years um, in. So May something 20th will be two years, uh, 106 episodes so far. Wow, congratulations. Yes. Thank you. So um, that started um, a year after I had the idea. Uh, and it really came from the fact that I was like, I, when I started, you know, down this journey of being an entrepreneur, I just felt so like, oh, like, I, it's, well, I kind of want someone to show me the answers, but that doesn't really work. But like, I just wanted support and I felt lonely. And I was like, Ah, it's kind of reminds me when I first started in sports, like wouldn't it have been nice to just have somebody who could like share their expertise and share what they're going through and how like the let not 
the pretty part because we all see the pretty part, but what about the lessons learned along the way and how you bounced back and how you got to where you were, how you advocated for yourself. So then I was just like, I'm just going to start a podcast. And I honestly like figured it out as I went along. I don't know if it was like the smartest idea, but it worked because it happened to be during COVID. And what else was I doing? Because let's be real. There was no fan of like, there was nothing going, there was no, you know, games going on. <laughs> there was no special brand experience, experiential events going on. So I just was like, well, I have time. So if I'm going to do it, I might as well do it now. And so I just started interviewing influential women who works, who work in sports. Uh, I really focused on directors and above. So women who have like have gone through it, who have been in it for a while, um, who really understand like, is not as pretty as, as you think. And, um, it is, at first I wasn't sure who I was going to, who I was going to serve. I was like, I gotta, I really want to talk to that middle management and I hope that this does it. And I hope that they want to listen and they did. And it was, you know, I love hearing from people who are just starting, but I love when a manager or director or VP emails me and sends me a message like that episode is exactly what I needed today. Yeah. And I just switched my like um, programming. So now I do every other episode is a solo episode and I'll talk about different topics. Um, And that has been really valuable, really for me to just put together my like um, thought leadership. And so I realized, give me the topic. And then I just, honestly act like I'm on a podcast and I'm being interviewed and like I ask like in my head, I ask myself a question and then I'm like, okay, what would I say if someone asked me this? And I literally just let myself talk. And like, I've kind of figured out like that rhythm. And now I, now I do an outline because I ramble too much, but um, that has worked really well too. And then I can point people to episodes because I found myself repeating certain things to clients. And so, you know, instead of wasting a whole, you know, uh, session on talking about one little, like, you know, small, topic, I can say, okay, here's the high level. I want you to go listen to this and then let me know what questions you have. And then, you know, I can help yeah. you more and we can talk about it, but let's talk about something else and talk about something else in your, um, what's going on. Okay. So I have a topic for you. Oh, okay. Okay. Can you do a podcast episode on what does it mean to step into your power? Well, that's a good one. That'd be great. Yes. Cool. It's funny, you said that and you said, well, you asked me that, but then you also said something about a signature talk. I'm like, I need to write that down. I need to, I do need to work on one. And I was thinking it was advocating for yourself, but I think stepping into your power is a great, like it's sort of, is a great umbrella to all of the smaller topics that I have. Awesome. I can't wait to see that. That's going to be amazing. So yeah. tell me, so for those who are listening or probably like, oh my gosh, I have to listen to Jahan's podcast and I mm-hmm. definitely want to check out our website. How will they get a hold of you? And what will they find when they get on your website? Because I think you have some freebies on your website too. I do have some freebies on my website. So my website's jahanblake.com. Um, can you, you can spell it J-A. Oh, very good point. J-A-H-A-A-N. So, and then Blake, B-L-A-K-E. Um, so yes, there's... Uh, there's some freebies on my website. There's a hidden one. So if you go to jahanblake.com slash mindset, that is actually my favorite freebie. Um, I found that the, the one thing, the common thread is mindset, like just the mindset issues we come up against and uh, nobody wants to unpack them or talk about them or right. Like when they're alone. And so they kind of just push them aside because we don't have time. We're really busy. Uh, so that's a great worksheet. We're workbook. high achievers. What, 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 what yeah. <laughs> yes. Just for those other people, not for us. Exactly. So that's a, that one is um, a popular one that uh, people can work through whatever, whatever they're a, feeling. Is it a workbook? Is it an audio? What is it? Uh, it's a workbook. Oh, cool. Okay. So it's like a a comprehensive workbook that could help you unpack your mindset issues and free yourself from the things that might hold you back from stepping into your power. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I might go change some of the language on that soon, but yes, (laughs) that's exactly well, that's well said. And how do we find game of your own, like, or game of her own? Where is that? Uh, anywhere you get your podcast, uh, Apple, Spotify, it's on YouTube. So wherever you like to listen, um, there's some other icons that I can't think of right now that are on my graphics, but it's it's everywhere. <laughs> cool. All right. Awesome. So I've um, got a couple of wrap up questions for you. 
So if you were going back in time and you were talking to that younger Jahan who's sitting there crying with the, her boss at Deloitte, what would you tell her right now? Uh, I, gosh, that's a good question. Part of me would be like, run, go, like do what you need to do. And, and maybe that's, maybe that's it. It's just really just run into your power. Like you, you're not there. Like, this isn't the place for you. You're still looking for validation. You are not going to get a cure and you are not going to get it by conforming to what like everyone else at Deloitte does and looks like and acts like, like, it's just not you. So, is that the same advice yeah. you would have given to the pre-Deloitte person, the one who had a friend validate your fears? Like, would you say the same thing or would you give that person a different advice? Uh, same advice. And that person definitely was not a friend, but yeah, same <laughs> advice. I would definitely um, say really the same thing. Like just, just go and try it. Like you've been thinking about being an entrepreneur forever. So what do you like? There's no perfect time. So just go, just go and do it. Awesome. So is there anything else you would want to tell me about your journey into entrepreneurship, coaching the sports industry, or anything about this process, and I just didn't ask you the right question. Gosh, no, this was just so fun and therapeutic in a way. Like it was just, it was such a great conversation. I, I honestly feel like we talked about a lot of things that I had no idea we would talk about. <laughs> oh, well, it's so awesome to catch up with you. And I just, I love seeing you just glow in the way that you are. I know that we both, um, are connected with Roy Bell, who I just had interviewed. And mm -hmm. it's just, it's fun seeing the group that we were together with back then. And now just seeing everybody continue to grow. And you're just amazing. And I'm so grateful to have you on the show. Likewise. And it has been so fun to see you and catch up. And you are exactly the same. And I mean that in the best way. And you have an age today, but like in the best way possible, like, it, like you were just so good at what you do. Like, why didn't you start a podcast here? <laughs> you were so good at this. <laughs> I didn't know how much I was going to love podcasting, to be honest with you. I adore That's podcasting. Fair. I thought that because I'm not like a big podcast listener. So I'm like, well, you know, but I decided to do it. And it's so much fun. I mean, there's a different way that you express your ideas, but I learned so much. Like I learned so much today from you. And so like mm. my cup is full because it's like, I just learned so much. Like now I'm going to be thinking about stepping into your power like forever, you know, cause I never yeah. would have thought about it if it wasn't for you. So thank yes. you for the conversation. And we'll yes. talk soon. Thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning in. If today's episode lit a fire in you, please rate and review enough already on Apple podcasts or subscribe wherever you listen. And if you're looking for your next step, visit me on my website at BetsyJordan.com and it's Betsy Jordan with a Y and you'll learn all about our end-to-end -end services that are custom designed to accelerate your success. Don't wait, start today.